Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 139. What's right with Nick Wright podcast YouTube show. Huge show today. Fresh off a national championship. We'll get to the men's side of things shortly. We'll discuss some of the women's tournament, which was outstanding. But first, also a little housekeeping announcement. You have seen on this show, my son, Demonze. He's been my co-host from day one. You have seen on this show, my wife, Danielle. She is intermittently co-hosting. You've seen on this show our youngest daughter, Deanna. She co-hosted one time. Today, making her What's Right debut at the tail end of the show. With respect to my other children, my apologies. The most talented of my children. <laughs> and the most unenthusiastic about the family business. One Diora will join us as she will be taking over for Demonze. For about four weeks, starting next week, you will see her at the end of today's show. But before we get to that, let's get to what is not on today's show, not on the show. Thunder fans still being so sad about Durant leaving. Durant left them in July 4th, 2016, seven years ago. Endeavor acquires the WWE. And the Titans are considering trading up to the number three pick. But none of that's really on the show. What is on the show is some college hoops. And also, Demonte, do you know what week it is? Before what uh, week it starts day after tomorrow? Uh, second week after MLB opening day. That is true. But do you also know what week it is? Uh, what is it? Oh, it's a draft. No, it's not draft week. What is no, it? That- oh, it's Masters week, buddy. Oh, right before you leave. The Masters, the Green Jacket, Augusta National. Oh, we are coming up on a year. That's funny. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) All of it. All right, Demonze, let's talk some college. Every weekend after the Final Four, the reason they can't ever move the Final Four is because CBS has the Final Four, and CBS with Jim Nance's dulcet tones while he's leaving the Final Four. He'll never leave. Augusta National. Are we still talking talking Masters? We will be talking Masters. All right. Let's get let's get to the show today. Go ahead. All right. So uh UConn obviously crushed San Diego State. Yep. But the real story By the way, we realized there's a kid yeah, he went to uh, basketball camp with a very long time ago. Uh he got a lot bigger. Jaden Lee yeah. from San Diego State. Demonte said this morning he was like, Is the Jaden Lee kid from Houston? I think, I think it's Ladee. Jaden Oh, Jaden Ladee. Pardon me. That's yeah. correct. And I definitely went to a camp with him like a long, like I feel like my freshman year of high school yeah. or something like that. Good for uh, him. That kid turned into a baller. Go ahead. But yeah, so the real story is obviously on the women's side where LSU beat Iowa. And the most fun part of the tournament was Caitlin Clark talking her trash. Mm-hmm. But then she got a little bit of taste of her own medicine. From yeah. Angel Reese. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the on how the moment was handled by the players and the media? Okay, so first let me say something about the men's tournament because it ended last night. Yeah, and then we'll get to the women's side of it. Uh props to UConn. It's their fifth title in the last twenty five years. Boring game. Oh, uh, well. Sorry. More, no, you're fine. More on that in a second because you're absolutely right. Uh UConn now has a weird claim. Like, are they amongst? In college hoops, you have the Blue Bloods, which are the programs that have essentially been good for decades that have won a disproportionate number of titles. 
So you have UCLA, Kentucky, Duke, Duke, Kansas, Carolina, Indiana. Those six programs. But now UConn has as many titles as Indiana. Has way more titles in the last quarter century, in the last 30 years than Kansas. And Kansas has two. They just won one last year, and they won in 07. Uh, since 1988, they have two, or 89. Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Kentucky obviously was historically great under Adolph Rupp, then was great under Rick Pitino, then was great under Tubby Smith, then was great under Calipari, but they have fallen off. Carolina had Dean Smith, and Roy Williams and still is there, and Duke with Coach K was great for so long. UCLA has kind of been in a downslope, but they won a dozen championships with John Wooden almost. They had undefeated seasons, all of that. Indiana had Bob Knight. Now UConn, with three different coaches, has won five titles. Jim Calhoun, uh, Kevin Ollie, and now Hurley. So credit to them. I don't know if it really makes them a blue blood program. I don't know if you can get new money. But Monty was talking about this into into the blue bloods. But I think for young people, UConn is considered a far better program than Indiana. I don't think you thought of Indiana as some great basketball school, did you? No, I knew that they were good. Like I know that they're the up history. There. But yeah, the I think I think for young people, Gonzaga is considered right. You know what I mean? A more prominent program than Indiana is. But now to what you said about the game. Fact of the matter is this. Right now, the women's game at the collegiate level is better than the men's game because you don't have your best players turning pro. You do have the continuity and the shot making and skill level of the women's game makes for a far more attractive product. And and what we, 10 million people watched that championship game that is more than watched any game of the 2021 NBA finals some of the women's championship game LSU scored 102 points in a 40-minute college game here's what I know about the viewing public is there a bias against women's sports yes will people watch though if the product looks awesome Yes. Yeah. People watch women's tennis. Why are are female tennis players would the best female tennis player in the world lose consistently to the tenth best male tennis player? Yes, they would. The strength and the power and all that. There's, there's no overcoming it. However, men's tennis, because it became so much about who had the strongest serve, what is most Attractive to watch on tennis is serve and volley. The serve, the return, the, the forth, long the points, the back and forth, yeah. right? Even DeMonte, who's not a big tennis guy, picked that up when we were watching. Yeah. The men's game doesn't have nearly as much as the women's game. So the women's game, plus some big personalities, Serena, you know, is the, obviously the forefront of that, pro, kind of pro, propelled them to TV ratings alongside the men's. Now you go to women's college basketball. There is not the athleticism. There is not the level of physical dominance that you see in the men's game. But because there is not big money in women's professional basketball in the United States, these teams stay together. They, you develop dynastic runs. You develop personalities. Caitlin Clark can be a national player of the year candidate as a freshman and then as a sophomore and then win it as a junior. You have what they were building in South Carolina. And people are into it. And it was a hell of a product and a hell of a game. And what Caitlin did all tournament was remarkable. A 40-point triple-double in the Elite Eight. A 40-point performance against an undefeated, dominant South Carolina team. uh, Defending national champion in the Final Four. Where she scored or assisted on every bucket in the fourth quarter. And then you run into LSU, who is Angel Reese who was a unanimous All-American, who had 31 double-doubles this year, and LSU catches fire. There's some hard officiating that I think LSU was the better team, but it threw off the flow of the game entirely for both teams. And LSU wins. And it should be just a one of the best weekends in the history of women's sports in this country. Yeah. 
right? Like it was, and Caitlin Clark helped do that. South Carolina being the dominant kind of end boss, all of that. Unfortunately, as Demonze tweeted, because he had taken a nap, uh, I just woke up to racism, was I think the tweet. Yeah. There was the reaction to the end of the game. So I, I will set the scene quickly for you. Caitlin Clark is an awesome ball player and a legit trash talker. If we're just going to do the white, white comparison, a la Larry Bird. Talks as much trash as anybody and backs it up. She talked trash to that Van Lith girl in the Elite Eight. Did the You Can't See Me to her in the, uh, against South Carolina. Got dared the girl to shoot. Told, oh, told the Van Lith girl, uh, shut up, you're down 15 the whole nine. Angel Reese, at the, end of the, at the end of the game, does the You Can't See Me to Caitlin Clark, does the Steph Curry, pointing at, points at a ring finger, and people get very, very mad. Before I get to my thoughts or to Monze's thoughts, public service announcement here to our wonderful listeners, viewers, we're going to talk about this, and race is going to be a component of it. And if the discussion of race makes your head pop off like a cartoon mouse, pause the show and come back to us in a few minutes. If you're open to having uh, listening to an open discussion, stick with us. Demonze, why did you tweet, I woke up to racism? Uh, so obviously I, I did take a nap during yeah. the game like an idiot. And all I did was I woke up and I saw a bunch of I saw the clip of Angel Reese doing the same exact thing that Caitlin Clark did. And um everybody hated it. Like in the in the words like the uh uh what was it? Uh worthless or classless or classless. classless. Yeah. It's just like I don't know, man. And once I looked at the game and saw what actually happened, she did it wasn't the exact same thing. Correct. Angel Reese did kind of follow her around, you know, made it a big deal. Wasn't the same thing, but definitely what she did was not warranted for the feedback that she got. Like the things that they were saying about this college female athlete was just crazy. Like it's just not the. So why did you? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot here. And I, you know, because I've talked to this on TV, I agree with you on. Well, I haven't heard you talk about it entirely, so I don't know if I totally agree with you. Right. But you know, you know where I stand on this. Why did you call it racism? Because nobody said anything when Caitlin Clark did it. Nobody had a problem with it. So here's the deal. And this is why I probably shouldn't. I, I, I wish I, I probably shouldn't do that little public service announcement. We're going to talk about race tune out yes. because people shouldn't tune out because we've got to be able to have honest discussions about this. And that Iowa team is an essentially all white team. And that South Carolina team that was the defending national champions that was undefeated was essentially an all-black team. Same with the LSU team. The moment you have in sports an all-white team against an all-black team, there's a racial component to how the game is covered, to how the game is discussed, to how the game is viewed. And... It seemed like they wanted to say something else, man. What do you mean? <laughs> like in the in the in the comments and the quotes, like that guy from Barstool. Oh, that guy. It just seemed like he. It seems well, like and they he's got to say so much of, more. Of course, and he's got a long bad history. I the, and that's a separate thing entirely, almost. But let me get back to just even pre taunt. Okay, the dynamics here. There is a knee jerk reaction in media to treating the white athlete like an unathletic underdog. This is not, by the way, my opinion. This has been, there have been university studies that have used, that have documented all of the commentary about draft prospects in the NFL and the adjectives we use to describe them. And white athletes consistently get described by earned attributes, smart, hardworking, those types of things. 
black athletes get described by given attributes, talented, athletic, God-given abilities. There is, there is an undercurrent, and that is, again, that's not my opinion. That is documented, studied fact that we have a long history of that. And you see it all the time in sports. A great white athlete gets called, you know, faster than you'd think, sneaky athletic, coach on the floor, which means smart. Sneaky athletics, the funny the, one. The, you hear it all the time. <laughs> I the, the, It was, I'll take one of the best athletes of the last 20 years. One of the most physically imposing freaks we've ever seen. J.J. Watt, they tried to turn into an overachieving underdog. J.J. Watt, the dude had 60 sacks in three seasons. Well, he had three separate 20-sack seasons in a four-year stretch. One defensive player of the year three times. His brother is a freak defensive player of the year. His younger brother's a fullback. My guess is they got some good athletic genes in that family. Produced three NFL players, two of which are potential Hall of Famers, one of which is no doubt Hall of Famer. Still, though, because he's white, you're described with, again, earned attributes. So how does this impact the LSU, South Carolina, or the LSU, I'm sorry, the Iowa, South Carolina, the Iowa, LSU game? There's an element of we allow and encourage Caitlin Clark's swaggery nature in a way we normally wouldn't because we are conditioned to look at her as the underdog. People, and by the way, I'll get real complete, kind of real galaxy brain here. A similar thing happened with Steph Curry. And he's black, but he's not big and physically imposing. He's also light-skinned, and he's and he was considered this guy of, and I know for a fact this really, really rubbed LeBron the wrong way, that Steph was considered the underdog story. When it's like, hold on. You mean the guy whose dad played in the NBA? The guy who, why? Because he went to Davidson? He's an underdog? The, the, you know, I was damn near homeless growing up. Grew up with one parent who dealt with her own struggles, but because I'm big and imposing, you know what I mean? My, my ride here. And again, that you, it's, it's earned attributes versus given attributes. Oh, he had to work for his skill. I just was, you know, I was just born with mine. Give me a break. Right. You see that in sports a lot, particularly when you have, when you have cross race comparisons. So, America typically doesn't like arrogance. We like our athletes. We prefer false humility to honest arrogance. We prefer athletes who we know they know they're awesome to just thank God, thank their teammates. Oh, wow. Amazing to be here. We don't mind it quite as much when it's a white athlete because subconsciously or consciously, many of us feel like, wow, they are the underdog. Because you just naturally think they're, they're, um, they're in a rougher spot. So that's why Caitlin Clark didn't catch for all the trash talking. But the moment it is not only a black woman doing it, a bigger, more physically imposing black woman, and she's doing it to a white girl, oh boy, folks get upset. Because you cannot convince me if that were South Carolina in, there instead of Iowa, and Angel Reese did that. So here's the thing. Everyone's talking about this from the perspective of just you got mad when a black girl did it not when a white girl did it. I'm here to tell you it is deeper than that. Because if Angel, if South Carolina was in that game, not Iowa, and Angel Reese had done it to Aaliyah Boston, people would not have been as mad. 
it was not just that she it was a black girl doing it. It was that it was a black girl doing it to a white girl. And people reacted like she was bullying. And nobody likes bullying. And I'm here to tell you, you know who didn't think she was getting bullied? Caitlin Clark. Because Caitlin Clark knows, man, I'm, I'm better than you. You got me. But I'm not, I'm not worried. We are athletes. We are two of the best in the world at what we do. We're both first-team All-Americans. I don't need anyone protecting me. I don't need anyone pearl-clutching for me. But the public does bad with that. I'm going to say one other thing where the media does bad. We probably don't need to amplify the as much as we do. Now, I quote-tweeted someone, but I quote-tweeted another media member guy that covers baseball for a living who said Caitlin Clark's parents at least know they raised her right. That bothered me. Right. Like, give me a break. She was doing the exact, again, like one of said, the not less, the exact same thing. Right. One of the less unhinged takes, though. Yes. Like he, I, it, well, listen, <laughs> Keith Olbermann called her an a-hole, I think. Uh, Portnoy, who's out of his mind on a lot of stuff, was way out of line, and we all know it. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a straw man. It wasn't, oh, this is just folks with 17 followers trying to inflame a race war. It was actual influential people being a part of it. But it was not the volume that probably a lot of us treated it as to where it was the story, but then becomes self-fulfilling because then angels asked about it. She talks about seeing it on Twitter. It becomes, a, you know what I mean? Then it becomes a story. The timing of it is also crazy, though, how uh, Caitlin Clark, it's not like this is something that happened last year. Like, no. I don't even see how people could take to Twitter with the way that they were talking, given that Caitlin Clark did that same thing like six days ago. Six days ago, um, and evidently, I didn't see it, but like, did it at one point to her own bench different yeah. against South Carolina. Forget yeah. against Louisville six days ago. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. That was it. It's just no. It was right there, wild. and it's who we were celebrating. There also, there's a lot of odd dynamics with women's college basketball. That so Paige Bukers. I might have mispronounced her last name wrong. I apologize. Who was the best player in the sport? Plays for UConn. Blew out her knee, but unbelievable from the moment she got there. She won a major award last year. And at her speech, she said, this is a sport carried by black women that white women tend to usually get these awards. And so, and she was trying to say, we need to make sure we shine a light on the great black female players as well. So it's complex in this regard. If you were to get, so it is a, Women's basketball, not as much at the collegiate level as men's basketball. But if you were to get, um, it is still a majority black sport. But the greatest players of all time are disproportionately white. So forget Caitlin Clark and Paige. Brianna Stewart might be the best ever. She's white. Diana Taurasi, once upon a time, was considered one of the very best ever white. Sue Bird might be the best ever white. Now you have Caitlin Clark. You have Paige. All that, right? Now, that's not to disregard uh, Cheryl Miller or Cheryl Swoops or Lisa Leslie or Candace Parker, but it is it, 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 uh, the 10 best players is a wider group than just the general kind of population of players. So why is that? That's a more complicated topic. But there is a level of simmering animosity is the wrong word, but tension within the sport about who gets celebrated, who doesn't. If we're both A-plus players, so everybody now knows Caitlin Clark's name. That's in large part because she had one of the greatest tournaments ever. Aaliyah Boston won a national championship last year. Team was undefeated this year. She also does not look like Caitlin Clark, does not play like Caitlin Clark. There's a lot of factors here, right? And so I, my point is, it is never as simple as I think people try to make it out to be, 
even though this one at its base level was very simple. People got angry at the black girl, furious with the black girl for doing something very similar to what people celebrated the white girl for doing. You know, it was go ahead. Also, like, what's up with like the level of anger? Like, I, I, I just feel like some people's level of anger with certain things is just unacceptable, bro. Like, well, I, you, you don't have to be that angry about it, you know, to call somebody out of their name. It's not like it's it was in in front of the sport. It's not like she dragged it. Um, no, I. So I, I, two answers there. One is. I think social media inflames everything and people are on a 10 when they could be on a five. I think the other one is this. There are a lot of people very angry about racial dynamics in this country. And there are people of all colors and creeds angry about it. There are white people who think the country is being stolen from them as if it were was rightful claim of white people. And there are black people who feel like we are going in the wrong direction on very important racial justice topics. So when race comes into it, knowingly or unknowingly, people run hot, man. They run really hot. And people, the people they're talking about stop being people and start being symbols for what they're mad at. And they start being pawns in their bigger game of, you know what I mean? Taking my country back, whatever it is. And that's, I think, what happened. Uh, Okay, you want to talk about the Warriors? Let's talk about the Warriors. Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. Warriors lost to a Jokic-less Nuggets over the weekend. Yeah. You said the Warriors winning the title would be the death knell for the regular season. Mm-hmm. You've written off the defending champs at this point in the season back to on back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying the Lakers are going to win the title. Because they are. Yeah. All right. So wouldn't the Warriors winning the title and Steph getting his fifth ring before LeBron be the actual worst thing that's ever happened to you in your career? No. I think it would be the absolute worst thing to happen to you in your career. Well, th- th- I, these I are two separate things. That little ranker thing that we did a while back might have to get shifted a little bit. What, where are we moving? I don't know Steph? where Steph is, but he's going up. Where, where was Steph at? Was he top 10? He was 10th of the last 50. 10th? So you're, is he passing? He was, so he was number 10, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And who was, who was eight? And, I mean, nine. Shaq. Eight. You jump past Shaq? I think you just have to switch him and LeBron. Okay, stop it. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. All right. It is well. Then let's just let's just put Russell one and Kareem and Jordan two. We're just gonna count the rings. Magic's three. Stephen ties or four. Magic ties him. That's Uh, all we're doing. Count the people counting them out. You know, like he's he's down in the gutter right now. He's not down in the gutter. Arguably, this is like the same thing as LeBron's like twenty thirteen. Cavs team or whatever. Who, what Cavs team okay. was it? Did he drag to the finals or whatever? Okay, so, against the Mavs? Okay, in 2013, LeBron played for the Heat. Okay, the, well, so before, the, the, before that. Before you're that. talking about against the Spurs in 2007. Where he had that team of nobodies. That was the Spurs. It was, LeBron was 22 in 2007. First of all. He's got a dwindling listen, Clay Thompson. Okay, I, which is why they can't win the title. I got massive respect for Steph Curry. Him winning a ring does not all of a sudden catapult him to LeBron status. Okay. I'm not even having the argument. Okay. LeBron has four finals MVP. Steph has one. LeBron has four regular season MVP. Steph has two. LeBron has scored the most points of anyone ever. LeBron's a better defender. I'm not having that argument. That is not available to us on the take platter. Okay. Steph greater than LeBron. Now, the reason I said it would be terrible for the regular season if the Warriors won the title, Andrew Wiggins just gone for two months, comes back for the postseason. The Warriors this year are 2-20 and 20 on the road against teams 500 or above. They, they've been a 500 team at every turn. If they end up winning the title, why would any, anyone care about the regular season ever again? Right. It has to matter. You're saying it would suck for the sport. For the sport. Entire- That's what I mean. It would be, it would just be like, okay, everyone can just chill all regular season. Right. It's five months that doesn't matter at all. 
That would be terrible for the sport. Scott Foster enters the chat. Right. That's the point that I was making there. Now, the reason I believe in the Lakers right now is they have number one defense in the league since trade deadline. Since the All-Star break, I think they're 14 and 6. AD is playing out of his mind. They have a rotation that makes sense. LeBron is ramping up. They Now, what's really interesting is the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and Pelicans all have 38 losses. The Lakers actually control their destiny of those teams. If they win out, they get the five seed. Don't nobody want the five seed. The five seed plays Phoenix in round one. The six seed plays Sacramento. Now, I believe in lighting the damn beam, but Sacramento is probably an easier matchup than Phoenix with Golden State. The seven seed gets Memphis. The eight seed gets Denver. But if you go to the seven line, you're in a play-in tournament. You got to play an extra game and you can get eliminated. So everyone's going to want the six. You can't really position for it, but the Lakers are winning the title. LeBron's getting to ring five, and it is putting the GOAT debate to rest. I believe I, I believe in that. I really believe that if, if LeBron does get a title, it puts the GOAT debate to rest. But Now, you want to know, believe- here's what you don't understand <laughs> about media. Sorry to point at you and say things you don't understand. You want to know what's actually bad for my career? LeBron putting the GOAT debate to rest. That's actually bad for my career. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I, the, it is in my interest for that to be a hotly contested debate as long as I'm doing media. It's not in my interest for everyone f- to come around and be like, hey, Nick was right. What's next? So this is a lose-lose for you. No, I if LeBron wins, no, because he's if LeBron the goat, but no, but if I'm Curry telling you wins, right now, people won't call him the goat. If, if LeBron wins, a ring this year? If, yeah, in year 20, people will say they'll find a way. People have just decided that it's not available to him after the Mavs series in 2011. Next, speaking of the Mavs, speaking of bad title picks, okay, let's talk about the Mavs after an overtime loss to Atlanta. There are reports the Mavs might shut down Luka and Kyrie as a whole. The move would be would the move would be to help ensure Dallas keeps their top ten protected pick, but would also show they have no faith in Luca's ability to win. If they go down this path, is there any to, is there any hope of saving the Luca Mavs relationship? Oh, it's a bad. First of all, it's a bad pick by me. Yo, I, I overheard you saying something about uh, nobody can win with Kyrie. I don't know what was going yeah. on. You said nobody can yeah. win with Kyrie. I, it's like a plus minus thing that I got sent. Um, oh, are they really good with him on the court? Uh, no, they're really bad. Like it's his versus Kyrie's. Um, Wait, who are we, who's his? Luca. Luca versus Kyrie. Uh, Luca Doncic is oh. minus twenty two on the Mavs. I guess Luca's been on the Mavs. Can I see it? Okay. Can I see? Can it's, I actually it's, try to read? Legion this? hoops or league uh, hoops. past fifteen games. Luca's minus twenty. They're minus twenty two with Luca on the court. They're plus sixty two with Kyrie on the court. So, yeah, the past, listen, past 15 games, I'm in the best for Luka. My point on Kyrie is very, very simple. Kyrie in 2016 was the second best player on a champion. 2017, he was the second best player on an even better team. They just didn't win. But they were going, they had been to three straight finals. He demands out of that situation, goes to Boston. His first year with Boston, they make the conference finals, but he does not play. He is injured in the, that playoff run. He then does play the next year. They lose in round two. He demands out of there. He goes to Brooklyn. They make round two. He gets hurt. The next year, he's there. They get swept in round one. Then he demands out of there. He goes to Dallas. They are the four seed when he arrives. They are going to miss the playoffs. That is a seven-year downward trajectory. So when uh, Luca first, I mean not Luca, but when Kyrie first left the Cavs, uh, when he after they won the finals with the well, it was the, it year, was the after year after they, after they won they the lost. finals. They had just lost to KD and the Warriors. Is there something that I'm missing? Was there something going on with this contract? Like no, he 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 just wanted to leave. He wanted to run his own team. Okay, he, I th- I think want, Kyrie was, made one bad like I think he he's threw like that. a little tantrum and then like it's just like went in a downward spiral ever since. Well, yeah, he also went a little. I think had he not left the Cavs, then well, yeah, none of this would have I maybe. Mean, 
I don't know. But he wanted but, to go run his own team. Instead, he went to Boston and he'd walk into uh, team meetings and Brad Stevens would say to him, how are you doing today? And he would literally say to him, what does the word government mean to you? And then he would start talking about the earth being flat. And then he would start talking about, the, the, you know, Society. I'm not, I'm not anti-vax. <laughs> I'm just pro-freedom. And then, and by the way, some of the stuff Kyrie does is really, really good uh, off the court. Incredibly charitable, really, really loyal guy, all those things. What does government mean? And yeah, I mean, so, I mean, just whatever. Um, I don't think you can win with him. And I think the Mavs are stuck. They traded their best defender. They traded assets. He's their guy. It obviously doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, the day they traded for him, I said this will be in the first paragraph of the story when Luka eventually demands a trade. The Mavs have, <laughs> Luka Doncic has a chance to be one of the five greatest offensive players in the history of the sport. This season hurts him. Now, it should be noted, Akeem missed the playoffs in his prime. Kareem missed it back-to-back years in his prime. All-time greats missed the playoffs occasionally in their prime. It doesn't usually happen. Kobe missed the playoffs once in his prime. It doesn't usually happen, but it does happen. But this is not good for him. How funny would it be if Luke ended up going to play with LeBron? Well, abandoned ship. Bill Simmons Especially speculated that, that LeBron's going to go to Dallas. LeBron tough. and Draymond oh, going to Dallas. Disgusting. Okay. All right. Next. All right. When it comes to MVP, I'm a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Giannis is the clear best player in the league. Yeah. Just bullied everyone's pick for MVP. Yeah. Why are we not just giving the MVP to Giannis? Well. The last time he played the Nuggets was in January, correct? Or am I tripping? The last time, well, Giannis played the. I don't know. I don't know the last time they played. I thought I might have been Uh, at home, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, they'll only play twice a year. Okay, yeah, conference. So so listen, my opinion on this is very simple. Giannis and Embiid, what happened? They played a week ago. I could have. I didn't know they played a week ago. The the Bucks versus the Nuggets. Oh, in a game Jokic didn't play though, right? That's the game Jokic sat out, or am I tripping? It was March 25th. The, I, I, I could be wrong on that. Let me. Oh, they both, they both played, played. That game March 25th? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, that's what I thought. I'm, I'm, I, I'm out of my mind as well there. My apologies. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm getting Giannis and Embiid confused. Embiid sat out against Jokic. On the, the Nuggets beat the Bucks. I'm looking at it now. Giannis had a great game. Jokic had a great game as well. Yeah, and, and the Nuggets beat the Bucks. But set that aside. Here's the deal. Uh, Jokic is now sitting out games. He's won two in a row. And they beat the what? Go ahead. Beat the Warriors. That hurts his MVP debate. <laughs> I don't know if it should, but it does. They beat the Warriors without him. Everyone's like, oh, he's carrying this terrible team. Say the Warriors suck on the road, so it shouldn't. The well, no, I just I it's not nothing. I think it's right now down to between Giannis and Embiid. Giannis is the best player. However, if it is, I am, and I don't want, we, we've gone so long. We don't have to spend more time on this. If it is a coin flip, giving it to the guy who's never won one is totally fine with me. And I, Drew Holiday came out and said, you know, Giannis has been MVP too much. And people are bored of it, blah, blah, blah. F- I get it. But Giannis' second MVP, he benefited from that. Because in 2020, LeBron, the Lakers had the best record in the league. LeBron changed positions and won the assist title. Did all of that in the tougher conference at the time and came in second because people have been sick of LeBron. LeBron already had four. Giannis had just won one. They gave it to Giannis. So now if it's a coin flip between, let's call it a three-headed coin, between Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, Embiid's averaging more points per game this season than any center in 45 years. He's averaging more points per game this season than any player in 40 years other than Harden, Kobe, and Michael. He's never won one. Embiid's got, or Jokic has two. Giannis has two. Let Embiid win it. Take a quick break. Come back. Also, by the way, put in your questions for me to ask Diora, for Diora to ask me. As my daughter Diora makes her What's Right debut in about 15 minutes. What's Right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 139. We went 40 minutes in that first segment. I've got, got a busy day today. Leave here, do the herd. And I don't host, but I go on with Colin. Then I do my show. Then I do Colin's podcast, doing just wall-to-wall media. Then I watch the Lakers win again. Maybe watch the Warriors lose to the Thunder. Oh, boy, what a night ahead. Also, by the way, the Lakers is such BS. Lakers play the Clippers, one of the biggest games of the year tomorrow. The Lakers play tonight. The Clippers will have not played since April 1st. The Clippers get four days off. The Lakers on a back-to-back before game 80. Outrageous. That's tough. All right, next, Demonze, what are we talking about? Uh, the new NBA CBA goes into effect starting next year, and there yeah. are some major changes. Yeah. Positionless, all NBA, 65 game minimums for award eligibility. Yeah. And in season tournament highlight a few of the reported big change or a few of the the reported big changes. Yeah. Sorry. Even LeBron may be able to get another star now that teams can have three max players. Well, that's that's Is that a three max con- max contract. No, so like there's rules about how many guys on a super max you can have you still have to fit it under the cap it's complicated it's just it's to encourage teams that draft well to be able to max out their all their guys so that is i'm trying to think of the team that is particularly good for uh like the Cavs. so they drafted garland they drafted mobley they traded for donovan mitchell donovan mitchell's already on a super max now you'll be able to max out those guys. There's some other things that are good for the Celtics. The raises you can give helps them maybe keep Jalen Brown. All of that. The 65-game minimum for award eligibility I think is interesting. I do wonder if guys will sacrifice their overall averages. Like, let's say they're at 63 games and they want to rest the final two games of the year. Will they check into a game for one minute and check out so they get a game played, but then they get zeros across the board. Right. You know what I mean? So th- th- we'll see how that works. But the thing that kills me is the positionless All-NBA. There are two people in the world that seem to care about this, me and Bill Simmons. It's, an, it's horrible for historical snapshots. So I, I understand the idea behind it. So let me tell you the idea behind it. The idea behind positionless All-NBA is people were upset that last year, for example, for the last two years, Joel Embiid finished second in MVP voting and was not first-team All-NBA because the guy who finished first was a center, same position, Nikola Jokic, right? And people didn't like the fact that if we go back to, for example, the mid-2010s when there were no centers in the league, guys like Andre Drummond, Al Jefferson were making all NBA teams when great players were not because we didn't have enough good centers. They would be a third team center. That's why they did it. So now they're like, just eh, have the all NBA teams be the 15 best players. The problem is that ruins our ability to use this as a snapshot of each season. Who was the best at each spot? So let me tell you why it's bad, then give you the solution. So there's no way to watch the 19, you know, early 1960s basketball reel. But I can go back at the All-NBA list. Wilton Russell, who was better that year? Well, in 60, they were the two best players in the sport for a decade, right? Great. Only one All-NBA spot. 1960, it went to Wilt. 61, it went to Wilt. 62, it went to Wilt. 63 to Russell. 64 to Wilt. 65 to Russell. 66 to Wilt. Went back and forth. Now, let's go to the mid-80s, right? So the mid-80s, you have Magic and Isaiah playing guard. So in 1986, 1985, for example, Magic and Isaiah, first team. Rookie Michael Jordan, second team. Was he better than Bernard King that year? I don't know who made first team at the forward. I don't know, but he wasn't better than Magic and Isaiah. The very next year, Magic and Isaiah again, Jordan was hurt. The next year, Magic and Michael. Isaiah, even though he's about to go on a run of three straight finals, relegated to the second team. 
Uh, 88, Magic and Michael again. Isaiah not on any of the teams. And now it's center, by the way. Akeem Olajuwon, first team. Patrick Ewing, second team. You, It is, Simmons brought this up and he's right. Early 2000s. Who were the, we have in the league playing power forward, playing forward, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Chris Webber, Tracy McGrady, Dirk Nowitzki, right? Who were the two best forwards? That matters. Well, in 02, 03, it was Duncan and Garnett. Dirk and C-Webb got relegated to second team. In 04, it was Garnett and Duncan. Again, in in 05, it was Duncan and Dirk. Now LeBron's into the fold. Now Now the best forwards, we've got LeBron involved. Shortly thereafter, Kevin Durant comes involved. Well, so those two forward spots are just locked up every year. So I don't care how good you are, Blake Griffin. You're not better than Durant or LeBron. Like, so here's the solution. Because third-team All-NBA has only existed since 89. First-team All-NBA, two guards, two forwards, one center. Second-team All-NBA, two guards, two forwards, one center. Third-team All-NBA, the five best guys who didn't make one of the first two teams. Yeah. That way, we still get the historical snapshot. You don't have the problem of a guy who's the 31st best player in the league, but the third best center stealing a spot. And we do it that way. But that's not how they did it. So I hate it. I I know, again, I think it's only me and Bill Simmons who care, but I care a lot and it bothers me. So like the other thing is, so Kobe for a half decade had a lot on first team all NBA. So that means all the other guards in the league there's only one spot available. So who's it going to go to? So like 06, it's Nash. 07, it's Nash. 08, it's Chris Paul. 09, it's D-Wade. 2010, it's D-Wade. 2011, it's Derrick Rose. 2012, it's Chris Paul again. 2013, it's Chris Paul again. Then Kobe's done. Now just guards, right? 2014, Harden and CP3. Then 2015, Steph lays claim to a spot for a half decade. So who's going to be the other one? 2015, it's Harden. 2016, it's Russ. 2017, it's Harden and Russ because Steph got penalized because Durant was on the team. 2018, it's Harden and Lillard. 2019, it's Harden and Steph again. Also, the forward position. LeBron's got basically one first-team spot on lock for... 12 years. So who's going to be the forward alongside LeBron? I'm going to do that real quick, then we can move on. Because starting in 08, LeBron was first team forward every year. So in 08, it's Garnett. Relegated to second team is Dirk and Duncan. In 09, it's Dirk. Relegated to second team is Duncan and Pierce. In 2010, Durant comes into the league. Now Mello and Dirk are relegated to second team. 2011, it's Durant again. 2012, it's Durant again. 2013, it's Durant again. 2014, it's Durant again. 2015, Durant's hurt. It's Anthony Davis. Oh, AD popped up. 2016, Durant's healthy. LeBron's got one of those spots available. Is Durant first team that year? Nope. Kawhi Leonard took the spot. 2017, Durant's healthy. Does he have that spot alongside LeBron? Nope, Kawhi Leonard has it. 2018, Durant takes it back. 2019, LeBron gets hurt. Giannis steps into the fold. Now Giannis is first team every year. You laughing at me? No, I mean, this is this is a bit. <laughs> it's just, this is how we can talk. It, it's important for the history of the sport. So 2020, Giannis locks up one of those forward spots. So now the question is, who's going to have it alongside Giannis? LeBron in 2020. Kawhi in 2021, Tatum in 2022. This year, probably Tatum again alongside Giannis. This stuff matters. It bothers me. Next. Oh, I think that the fix that you you provided, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good fix. They should have done it. All right. Uh, many consider March Madness the best event in sports. Yeah. 
even if you're a hater. Uh, there's only one. There's only way one way to determine the true number one postseason slash tournament in sports. Yeah, with a bracket to unpack it. So we've got best postseasons ish bracket is what we're calling it. Oh, I okay, I like it. So we're, I'm, there's probably going to be a graphic if you guys are watching on YouTube. Yeah, um, for those listening on the podcast, I will list them. Uh, so one through eight. Yeah. So uh, the here they are. Yeah. The it's the Seeded as following NFL playoffs, March Madness, World Cup, NBA playoffs, the Masters, college football playoff, Wimbledon, and the number eight is the World Series, which I assume means the World Series of poker because the World Series, we don't talk baseball on the show. This guy just cooked me. So who cooked you? Yeah, so I think we were, yeah. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. So. It's one versus eight. So the, the producers did a very interesting thing. Initially, they had the one seed as the Super Bowl. They smartly changed it to the entirety of the NFL playoffs, which does complicate things a bit. But the NFL playoffs obviously beats the World Series of Poker. I love the Masters. The Masters is only four days. The NBA playoffs is the best two months on the sports calendar. So then we have the NBA yeah. playoffs on one side of the bracket against the NFL playoffs. These should be the top two seeds. They should be meeting in the finals. Let's go to the other side of the bracket if we can. March, March Madness, Madness and World Cup. No, and I mean in college football. No, just look at the screen, buddy. March Madness against Wimbledon. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just saying the winners. Oh, I got. You. <laughs> oh no, Wimbledon. I yeah, no, no, no. I That's enjoy, what I yeah. I, I see enjoy Wimbledon both. far more than I enjoy March Madness. Okay. <laughs> I do. It's a higher level. It's higher quality. It's the best in the world. It's not a bunch of missed shots. San Diego State had like 12 points at the under eight yesterday. Give me a break. Wimbledon. And I like the World Cup more than the college football playoff, but it's only every four years. We'll still advance the World Cup. So now our semifinals are the NFL playoffs against the NBA playoffs, America's games, and Wimbledon against the World Cup, the World's games. This is a tough one. But my favorite two months of the year are the ones that are starting in two weeks. We're advancing the NBA playoffs. Okay. Here's the deal with the NBA. The NFL regular season is far superior to any other regular season by a mile. But there are only 13 playoff games. By the way, in any single elimination tournament, do you know, everybody out there, any single elimination tournament, do you know how to determine how many games are played? So like March Madness has 68 teams. How many games are there? Do you know? March Madness has 68 teams. 68 teams. So how many games do you think there are? Uh, keep, 30, this, 30, keep this in mind. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> the NFL playoffs is 14 teams there's yeah. 13 games however many teams there are there is one less game you know why everybody's got to lose once except for the champion so for however many teams i don't if you have a 128 team tournament you know how many games you're playing 127 if you have an eight team tournament if it's single elimination how many games you're playing seven because everybody's got to lose once that's the answer there the the nfl playoffs does that have anything only, to do with sin coast tan Sine, cosine, tangent? I don't think so, but I'm not a geometry guy. So I'll be, I, I do like yeah, well, to it's sin. Definitely. Um, so NBA playoffs beat the NFL playoffs. The World Cup beats Wimbledon. And we have the NBA playoffs against the World Cup, and the NBA playoffs are winning. Just two months of greatness every single year. That's my winner. My champion's the NBA playoffs. I would have had the NBA playoffs meeting the NFL playoffs in the finals. But these bracketologists way overseeded March Madness. Give me a break. Way <laughs> overseeded March Madness. And we are. Yeah, there it is. It's the NBA playoffs. All right. Listener questions for me and making her What's Right debut. Diora, that's next. What's Right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back in episode 139, What's Right with Nick Wright. So, for loyal viewers and listeners, you know, Demonze moving to L.A. 10 days from now. Apartment locked in. Job locked in, job's been locked in, working for Fox. He will continue doing the podcast from L.A. once football season gets going, maybe a little before then. But as you guys know, there's a family business. One member of the family has not been on the show before. I'm not being loud, Dior. This is high energy, something your brother struggled with for months and something you are going to learn. This is Diora. My middle child, once upon a time, I publicly called her my favorite child. She has lost that designation. Oh. I mean, it's just, it, it is, you know, let me rephrase it. It's up in the air. Your brother's done such a wonderful job with this this last year. He's been so helpful and so eager to do it. You, on the other hand, I had to twist your arm to be a part of this as your bridge project that. for school. You don't remember what? What do you not remember? I think you're making things up, actually. What do you think I'm making up? I, you never asked me to do this before. Oh, that. Okay, <laughs> so you're just starting never your broadcast career with a lie. That's wow, how you want to start. I understand that you're an actress. Oh, and okay. so Dior is a theater major. She'll be going off to college next year. Mm-hmm. So this will be wonderful time for us to spend together. You were sitting there re- watching the YouTube stream, reading the comments, mm-hmm. what was, well, before we even get to those comments, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Okay, go ahead. How do I look? Just look at me. Just keep talking to me. So my name is Diora, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 17 years old mm-hmm. and I'm going to college this year and I'm going to be doing the podcast for like the next month or so. Yep. Maybe a little bit more than a month, mm-hmm. but yeah. What are your interests? Likes, dislikes? Okay, so I like hang out with my friends. I dislike my father. Okay. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, are you a big sports fan, people? No, know. I'm not. Do you play any sports, people want to know? I play volleyball on occasion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, you're in the arts. The athletic... What does that have to do with literally anything? Well, not everyone can have everything. Your brother, terrible I to, actor. I'm on track. Yeah. I'm on track. I did volleyball this year. That is true. That is true. But I wouldn't, if we were describing you to the audience, shamed. athlete was not the first thing that would come to mind. Well, yeah, I didn't bring up sports. You did. Uh, do you watch any sports? I watch basketball. Dior's into basketball, likes going to Nets games. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's good. You're going to be a part of us when the NBA playoffs are starting. You and I are going to be able to watch a ton of basketball together. Oh, so See, you fun. weren't, you're, you don't sound excited about it. Your brother wasn't excited about watching football with me. Ended up being one of his favorite things. Do you think you will gamble on the sports the way your brother has? No. No. You won't gamble on the sports. No. Okay. All right. You ready to answer some listeners? Is there anything else you want to say? No, I'm all good. Diora is the, you're real quick. You're going to college to major in theater, theater, acting, acting for stage and screen. Right. And so one of the reasons she's doing this is because it gives you, I was forced see screen presence, interacting in front of a camera, things like that. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, from, uh, Anthony Phillips, Diora, what's your favorite role you've acted in? Any role in the future you want to play? Hmm. I think one of my favorite roles that I've played is I recently did the play named Amelie, and I played Elton John in this musical. And it was just like a small snapshot, but it was my favorite song that I've sang before. And one, one musical I've always wanted to do is Rent. And I've always wanted to be either Maureen or, yeah, Maureen. Yeah. Question. Can we tack your Elton John solo onto the end of this show? Can we do Whoa. that? Whoa. I don't know about that. All it right, seems like a later thing. Maybe a later thing. Diora crushed it as Elton John. Crushed Did great. It. You, you, why you are sound you... like the Frosted Flakes guy when you said that. 
the Tony the Tiger? They're great. Okay, you know? thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Shane Coates asks, is Nick the same on and off the show? Or just yes. a little bit acting different? How is he? Unfortunately, yes. Um, he's just as loud. Um, it's a little bit of acting. He tries to be cooler around his audience, but I what, guess you could say he's kind of the same. What do you all. mean, try to be cooler around my audience? Try to, like, just act like, like, oh, no, it's all fine. Like, you know, guys, I'm just, I know what I'm talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> all the time. But that's okay. That's okay. None of us can be perfect. I, when I'm talking about this stuff, I know what I'm talking about all the time. That's my job, is to be prepared, buttoned up, to be the expert. Okay. There's two ways to get into my field. You either lived it or you loved it. You lived it. You were a pro athlete that can be like, this is what's happening in the locker room. Here's what the coach is saying. You loved it. You learned everything you could about it, and you become an expert opinion. Okay. Uh. Tim G asks, do any of your friends ever find out who Nick is and want to meet him or talk to him? Um, it wasn't really much of a thing until more recently, but most of the kids at my school do know who he is. And it's just like the casual, like passing in the hallways, like tell your dad, I said, Hey, or tell your dad that I think blah, blah, blah. Or tell your dad, um, he should come to our basketball game on Friday. Stuff like that, but it's never really anything serious until it's like something I post on Instagram or something and some random stranger's just like, yo, can I meet your dad? Gotcha. I'm like, no. Um, the, Let me read another one of these here. Uh, this is from uh, Matthew Cook. Dior, what skills are you hoping to get from being a part of the show? Like, what do you have to report on for school? Um, so for school for my bridge project is what it's called it's like student run projects kind of um i just i told them that i was doing the podcast to learn how to gain a state uh, like a screen presence and be able to put my name out there basically uh all right question from me mm -mm. are you going to read the comments post appearance of course i would strongly say you should well, right. I don't. Here's the thing. I think most people. Here's my here's my opinion. The vast majority of people will be nice. You will disregard all of the people who are nice, and then the selective criticism who are mean. It will not be constructive. It will be hateful directed towards me, and you will be shrapnel for it. Also, to someone, the 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 handful of people who wrote, uh, Gus most notably. Nick, do you do this just to prove you're down for the cause? So by that, I assume the cause, they mean black people and to prove I'm down for it. Here's the thing. This is my goddamn family. So I, there's no, there, there's no, like, I'm not bringing play actors. Dior doesn't leave and you go to, go, go, <laughs> go, somewhere, so, go somewhere else. This is, just, this is my, you guys met my wife, my youngest daughter, my oldest son, and now my middle daughter. Uh. Let me read a couple more of these and then we'll move on. Because, By the way, our YouTube comments typically are quite nice. But I, know, I, I was reading them. I know. What were, were there any comments you, you saw earlier from me and Demonze that you wanted to chime in on? No, I'm good. No, you're good? Uh, they know who they are. All right. Justin Dubail asks, as you, they're just getting to know you, and then we'll do, you know, when Dior is in the seat full time, we'll do more straightforward shows, but this is a good introductory. Justin Dubail says, What's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to your dad? Ooh, that's a good one. Do I have to pick one? You know what? Let's just see where you take it. Go ahead. Um, one of my pet peeves. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, Go ahead. He spends like an hour on the toilet. Oh, Okay, maybe you but, weren't allowed to say that. Well, that's really, it's a hell of an introduction. Yeah. Right. You know what? That's my introduction. What? Okay, All right. what's one, your next one? Another one is how you're always right on everything. Well, that's, I understand why that's frustrating. He's, sometimes he's not, and he doesn't know if he's right yet. So he just, he, he gains that, like, he's like, I know it. I know it. Even if he doesn't actually, but he just, 
Didn't I come to you in the kitchen just the other day and say, hey, that thing, I don't even remember what it was, that we were discussing the other day, I was wrong and you were right on. You kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why are you telling me this? And I was like, I think it's important to acknowledge when you're wrong. Yeah, and it was so passive aggressive. It was not passive. It was so passive aggressive. I feel as if it's important when I tell you when I'm wrong because it doesn't happen that often. Well, I did say it doesn't happen that often. But But this is a skill. You Here's the thing. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, that I'm always right, even when I'm wrong, I believe I'm right. You got that exact trait from me. And you get mad. Well, because you're not right as often as I am. You're oh se- you're 17. God. You haven't li- you, you 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 understand? You you don't have the wisdom of years uh, in front uh, behind you. It's all I mean, listen. The there are so many things and I think the audience will see it. So so Dior thinks I'm annoying and whack and mm-hmm. all these things. She also adores me. However, so many of your best and least best, we'll call it traits, you got directly from me. Mm, I wouldn't give yourself that much credit. You wouldn't? No. Okay. Somebody asked, can you gamble at 17? You can't, but she turns 18 in three and a half weeks, which is a wild situation. 18th birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. Prom coming up. Yep. Graduation coming up. All in the next like three months. All in the next three months. Your national television and podcast debut. You know, sometimes these shows are on FS1. Oh, really? They broadcast them like overnight. You never told me that. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe you can get your SAG card early. All these things. This is going to be great. Scoot. By the way, I call her Scoot. Scoot. Don't. What? That's not allowed. Okay, well, I'll try. I'll do my best. But if I refer to you as that, I want them to know who it is. Can I have a hug? This is wonderful. This was so special for me. This is great. Oh, Demonte's taking a picture. This is so great. Aren't you happy? I'm so happy right now. Now, everyone in the family's been on the show. You're going to be amazing at this. He's going to make a speech about this at dinner. (laughs) What do you mean? You're a little... Guys, I just want everyone to know that I just, I really appreciate all of you guys. And this past week is just, it just really warms my heart. I do give sentimental dinner toasts. He just, but it's not a toast. He just decides like every once in a while, he just wants to do like some just like random, just like dad, like really hardcore dad moment. Isn't that nice? Don't you think you're going to think back on that when you're older and be like, ah, my dad really loved me. I think I'm definitely going to think back on it, but I don't know if that'll be what's going on. What's right? Episode 140 Thursday. Dior will be here. Demonze too. See you guys then.